The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and it's a pleasure to be joined by the OG Break the Business co-host, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Makes me laugh all the time. Metal Dave. How's it going, Metal Dave? Good to see you. Hey, dude. How's it going? Glad to be back on the show. We had a week off, but uh, we're back. Yeah, a whole week off. This is... uh, a much shorter week off than your usual week off on this podcast that's lasted like two years. That's true. Well, I like to pace myself, you know, this day and age, you know, the 21st century, you know, there's more thought given to, you know, uh, mental health, time away from work. So I feel like, you know, working once every two years is a pretty good schedule. I expect to be compensated, of course, like normal, but, you know. Checks in the mail. But, yeah. Yeah. Are you doing this every week? <laughs> for yeah, five years yes if you oh, can believe a, it that's that's a sucker's play that's a sucker's play no no but so much has happened since we've been gone we've turned the calendar from october to november so you know what that means my friend um thanksgiving wrong christmas tree what yeah christmas tree is up in your in your place you have your christmas tree up yep no joke my uh my wife wanted it up so yesterday we, we took it out of the garage and uh it's up it's up we got decorations all around the house this weekend i'm going to put the lights up outside and uh yeah 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 are are you just openly trying to make your neighbors hate you no i mean honestly you know because we may be out of town for christmas so we're just gonna get all the uh, the jolliness and atmosphere we can now oh gosh Plus, you... are you gonna say no to a pregnant wife no okay that's fair i will grant you that accommodation here that you are in anything your wife wants you need to immediately accede to those demands mode putting that aside it does make you guys like the worst kind of people like the christmas creep people that like the moment that you pull your halloween costume on you are already blasting all i want for christmas is you turned up to 11 and just you know decking the halls before you've even had a chance to like think about how many cans of cranberry sauce you're going to buy for the more important holiday that comes up first which is thanksgiving man first of all i mean thanksgiving happens towards the end of november it's already wintry i mean it kind of just slides in there there's really there really is no delineation i mean most a lot of times a thanksgiving meal is very similar to like what i would have on noche buena you know christmas eve that's what us the, the latin uh, community you know, that's our that's the main holiday, Noche Buena, December 24th, as opposed to Christmas Day. You know, it was pretty much the same thing anyway, except now you add presents. So, you know, I, I, I don't see what the big deal is here. Okay, now I do think it's crazy to have Christmas trees up on in stores before Halloween. That, I think, is too much. But, you know, as but soon as... But the millisecond Halloween is over, it's okay to just get obsessed with a holiday that you will not be celebrating for two freaking months. Yes, once the veil... For one-sixth of the realm, year... Yeah, once the veils of the spirit realm has shut again for the year and, you know, all hallows are, have gone away, yes, it's now time for a jolly old Saint Nick. 
Yes. I yeah. I'm 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 not backing down on this. I it's my it's my favorite holiday, and I'm gonna do it. Yes. That's that's completely absurd. Yes. It's even snowing up here. You know what? I'm going to ask our guest about this when she joins us because she's a lawyer as well, and I feel like she has the good judgment to break the tie uh, on how crazy on you're show. being. I know that's too many lawyers, <laughs> but in this case, a uh, great guest this week: entertainment lawyer Rena Segal from Segal Law PLC is going to be joining us. Awesome entertainment lawyer, a true advocate for indie creators. Excited to talk to her, Dave. To me, she represents what I think is this really cool emerging trend in entertainment lawyers that I've been seeing lately in terms of the ones we've had on this show, uh-huh. where when I was growing up, when you were growing up, entertainment lawyers were always some dude named Lou or Marvin who was like in their 50s, smoked 11 packs a day, like drank bourbon with lunch, and like was on the phone you know, with, with a record label being like, what do you mean a 20% packaging deduction? Like that's, that's what it was, right? That may be true, but I just love how you're somehow couching this like when we were kids, you know, it, like like somehow you were thinking about this in, in seventh grade. You're just like, God, why are the entertainment lawyers all fat cats? You know, why? I just love that that's what you're doing. Oh, let's see. What did Lisa say in the chat? It's not Christmas until Santa crosses Herald Square for the parade, period. I'm with I disagree. You on that. I'm with you on disagree. that. Disagree. Strong disagree. <laughs> what? <laughs> And I listen, want to leave I, that comment up the whole show. She's so right. The Thanksgiving Day Parade is the line of demarcation. Do you have your Publix uh, Pilgrim salt and pepper shakers out at your home? Um, I don't get my salt and pepper shaker until I see the Publix commercial. I need to see one like Publix commercial that makes me cry about the holidays. And then I immediately go, oh, I need to get my salt and pepper shaker. Boy, that's a reference that's alienating a big part of the country that doesn't have Publix. But well, yeah. I mean, it's, well, I mean, you know, it's the American South that essentially has it. It's Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. And if you're right, I mean, that's it. <laughs> All you need to know is, is the best grocery chain ever. But back to Rena Segal here, okay? So that's the old school entertainment lawyer, right? The guy named Lou, the guy named Marvin. Yes, who the guy smokes. that worked with Sinatra, yes. Yeah. But now today, they're all cool. I mean, not me, but I was, other yes, ones. I was, was going to say, I mean. Well, because well, here's the thing about it. Like, I'm more like Lou and Marvin. But like, what's – because – but part of it that sort of actually makes me jealous is I always tell like these cool hip entertainment lawyers that I meet on this program that like my path to the law was forged in being picked last for sports, uh, not getting dates, just being as fundamentally uncool as possible. And the only thing that would like assuage that and assuage my sadness every night when I would like go to bed crying as a high school kid, it was I was like, someday all of this hard work is going to pay off because I'm going to be a lawyer. And then I see lawyers like Rena Segal who like dress cool and look cool and have cool clients and are doing cool things. And I'm like, wait, they got to be like the lawyer I am, but they're also cool. That's not fair. I'd like to say your path to the law was really forged by the fact that a well-known pro bono public service organization dedicated to teaching decided <laughs> they didn't want you. <laughs> There's that. And no. then that really opened the doors. That what a what a wild ride for me. Yeah, ex- um, extraordinarily so. And me here, I am just working for insurance companies. Cool. It's cool to like you're the coolest guy I know. All right. Like my no no my Rita no Siegel my cool lawyer pow, in power LA. rankings. My cool lawyer power rankings. Like obviously Rena Segal is at the top. Like you can't compete with that. Like anybody who saw the social media posts 
that we had for this podcast, like promoting her and like the photos that we had of her was just like looking so cool, like out of central casting Good power uh, for, looks. for like for like one of these kind of like lawyer shows. That's what she looks like with the cool suits and everything. She's number one, but you right there behind her. Super cool. Oh, please. Oh, cool, please. man. Give the cool me a beard. Ah, oh, you're going to be a dad. There's nothing cooler than that. I, I okay. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that. Yes. Coming April 10th. Drop drops April tenth. <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> sure hands, man. Yeah. But a- anyway, yeah. Um, no, yeah. So so Christmas over here. Apparently, you know, war on Christmas over there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we bring on Rena, I do want to pick up on the conversation we were having last week, Dave, about this idea of could yeah. indie creators involved with Twitch. Or Spotify, any like, could they unionize and collectively bargain against these platforms when, to get like better treatment? That's kind of where we were last week, right? When you sent me this, I was kind of shocked. Like, wow, we we've made a difference. We have made a difference. Yeah, because like, not so not sooner than we were talking about this stuff on Break the Business last week, has legislation emerged that kind of addresses what we were talking about. Now, to be fair, I can't say that like we precipitated this legislation that's coming out because i think i think at least one of the bills dropped like two days before our show but you know i'm going to take credit for it anyway because i mean it's called i don't know it's i mean section one short title this act may be cited as the protect working musicians act of 2021 aka ryan and dave's law it's it's right there (laughs) it's in the federal register go to just go to the federal register you will see it it's on the journal of the house I would love, I would love very much uh, to have a law, a law named after us. So okay, so to catch people up, for those of you who didn't check catch the show last week, one of the thought experiments that you and I were having, Dave, was this idea of platforms like Twitch and Spotify that are these big tech companies. When small creators sign up for these platforms, you're sort of having to take the terms that they give you, right? A, you know, a lot of artists complain that like they get mistreated on these platforms, that they're vulnerable to uh, abuse by other users, that the copyright laws are unclear, that the payments are low, that they're afraid that their accounts could get taken down at any time without due process. And the reason why that bad stuff can exist for creators is that the platform is very big, whether it's Twitch or YouTube or Spotify, and the indie creators are very, very small. So one of the things that we were talking about was, well, could creators effectively unionize could they Uh what would stop creators from a thousand of them getting together and going to twitch and saying if you want all thousand of us with twitch partner status for example on your platform here are our terms if you agree to them we'll join your platform and you know you and i we talked about this we talked about the pros and the cons Uh and upon further research i've identified at least two impediments in the law that would make it sort of tricky for creators to collectively bargain with these platforms. And I, I want to talk about what those two are and laws that are being, or uh-huh. bills that are being proposed right now that actually could help solve those two problems. So the first one, just to go over it real quick is, um, and both of them stem from the same issue, right? What we're kind of talking about is creators on Twitch or creators on Spotify or on any of these platforms unionizing, collectively bargaining. But, the protections in federal law that apply to unions 
don't apply as to what these uh, creators are, which are independent contractors, right? They're not employees of Twitch. They're not right. employees of YouTube. So they're generally not going to get the same protections that the law gives unions um, and employees that could that want to unionize. The first of which being, under federal law, you can't retaliate against employees who say want to start a union or want to organize. Those protections don't apply to creators on Twitch because they're independent contractors. Secondly, if a bunch of creators on a platform like you know went to wanted to band together to negotiate against Spotify, that could be considered a antitrust law violation because it's effectively a bunch of small businesses because indie creators are small businesses collectively using their power in the marketplace, which you know, Sherman antitrust law I'm not a fan of. That's the craziest thing that <laughs> groupings of artists trying to get together to increase their bargaining power against the the giant single entities of the streaming platforms, they're the ones that are seen as nope, that's standard oil. Yeah. That's like vertical integration right there. Your guys are taking you're you're taking everyone out of the market. There's no competition. Like how, how is that possible? Like that is the most crazy thing ever. Which is probably shows also why you need a good lobbying group. Well Dave Something you all need to know about Dave, viewers and listeners, is he is one of the biggest Teddy Roosevelt scholars I know. And I know that you tell me all the time, Dave, when when Teddy Roosevelt was first conceiving of the idea of busting the trust and coming up with like anti-monopoly laws, what he really wanted to get rid of were those damn busking independent musicians because he thought, man, these musicians fighting for making a living, they've just had it too good for too long. So we need to come up with antitrust law to stop them. Notorious hater of vaudeville and, uh, and soft shoe. Oh, my God. This guy, you know, did not like the March Brothers until they got big. You know, but on on stage or whatever, get the heck out of here! You're tap dancing. You're you're a grand old. You know, no, 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 no. Get the get the hell out of here! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it, a it, it's it's a crazy interpretation that the and, creators are the ones violating yeah. antitrust. Because I think what you've identified, Dave, is the idea that like in reality, even though these creators that are you know trying to negotiate against Twitch or Spotify, even though they are technically, by the letter of the law, independent contractors, they're really, they really are employees, right? Like, they are, they are providing the, they're helping provide the general service that a platform like Spotify is giving to its users. So, well, I, I, not to get into a whole discussion of, you know, federal employment law, because this, this will be the worst rated show ever. But, because if, if you if you're an independent contractor and you want to say you're an employee, you do have to show that your um your work whatever product your work product you're doing is substantially directed by some supervisor at this company, so that basically the independent contractor 1099 is essentially a fiction created by the, the employer to avoid paying any sort of benefits, overtime, health insurance, whatever it is. But you know that if if I if you're working at a restaurant and the owner is constantly telling you what to do, how to do it, when to come in, what you're going, and everything, and then says, "All right, you're an independent contractor, therefore I don't have to give you all these things." That's that that's bogus. So I I don't know. It's hard to say as an independent musician, you're creating your stuff, right? You're in your studio, 
doing whatever it is you want to do. You want to create a jazz, funk, metal, fusion, harmonica, goat bleeding. B-L-E-A-T-I-N-G, not bleeding. Um, music, Both would be good. You know, you I can do players. that. And Twitch is not going to say, no, thank you. We don't want that. Or Spotify is going to say, no, no, thanks. You know, you present it to them. You give your CD, your mixtape in the mail to, to Bob Twitch, as I'm sure that's how it works. And <laughs> and, they, and they're going to play it. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's me personally, my interpretation, I think it's, it's a little of a stretch to say they're employees of well, the yeah, system. No argument here. As I said from the outset, by any technical analysis – they are independent contractors, but their plight vis-a-vis -vis these large tech companies sure looks a lot like, you know, oppressed mine workers than like two equal contracting partners, you know, having equal bargaining power. Oh, sure. It's the studio system before, like in the 30s and 40s. Right. It's that, that's what it is. It's complete dictatorial powers over the artist. 100%. Exactly. So... Those are so. Th so those are two legal impediments that currently exist under federal law that would make it very difficult for a bunch of creators to organize tomorrow and collectively bargain with platforms like Spotify or YouTube or Twitch to get better treatment by those platforms. But there is legislation currently being proposed right now that would address those issues. The, the first one I want to talk about is a piece of legislation that just came out this week as we're talking at this moment, by a congressman not too far from my neck of the woods, uh, uh, Ted Deutsch, uh, just one county above us. And I've always liked Ted Deutsch. He's spoken at a bunch of entertainment law conferences. He's always been like an artist advocate, which I think is really cool. He just came up with a, a proposed a new bill called the Protect Working Musicians Act. Very short, very simple bill, unlike most legislation. Like, you know, the Build Back Better plan is probably like 10,000 pages, and this one is like one page. And all this law says is um, it would allow artists to collectively bargain against a platform like Spotify to get like a better deal. And we're going to explicitly say that as a matter of federal law, this would not constitute an antitrust violation. Very simple legislation, but a lot of power there because it removes one of those federal impediments to organizing. I think it's really exciting. One, not just because of the substance of the bill, but two, the idea that like a member of Congress is actually proposing legislation that's directly positively affecting indie musicians because you because you yeah. see a lot of copyright legislation, Music Modernization Act. It's not meant to help the little guy musician. It's meant to help the big labels. It's meant to help the big publishing companies. But like this is the first law I've seen in a while where it's like, wow, that law is specifically written for like the busking musician. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you at cool. home. It you at home, it is HR 5713. So it's amazing. tell your you local congressman. Your tell your local Of course, I can tell you all of them. Just <laughs> running through Congress right now. HR 5713. So if you want, let your local congressperson know you support this bill. They probably won't know what you're talking about unless your congressperson is Ted Deutsch. But still, let them know. You know, That's write right. in, you know, go to the contact form online. You know, I. The only negative is that you're then going to get the emails from that office until the end of time. <laughs> I can it, only it, tell you how many freaking Marco Rubio emails I get. I'm like, I don't want to hear from you, guy. <laughs> it would be cool to see something like this kind of get like a nice little groundswell of support. One, because it'd be great to see legislation like this pass. But two, just because like maybe it'll get other legislators to be like, oh, what law can I come up with to help busking musicians? That seems I, pretty cool. 
I also just like the fact because a, a definition of essentially music is in this bill, which I, I just love because I love the fact that someone had to think, sit down, write this, look up other sources, look up things in the dictionary to basically write, quote, music is a cultural treasure and a unique source of spiritual inspiration, emotional comfort, community connection, and joy. It is also a powerful economic driver that directly and indirectly supports nearly 2 million American jobs and almost $150 billion in annual economic activity. This is all in the text of the bill? This is the text of the bill. It's so, beautiful prose. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that there was then probably like a meeting of the interns. You would know because you were uh, an intern in uh, to a Congress, uh, to a senator, right? Senator. Yeah, senator yeah. Evan Bayh, yes. You know, um, the, you know, it's like, okay, it, it's con comfort, connection. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and uh, joy, happiness, unbridled joy. No, don't say unbridled. That's coming on too strong. You want to, you know, keep it, keep it, you know, okay for the flyover states. You know, the, the, you know, for the footloose crowd. You know, you don't want to scare them off. Oh, I I can tell you, there's a lot of truth to like that sort of silliness happening in in the halls of Congress. Like I've been in rooms with like my fellow interns where we will spend like a whole afternoon like eating Chinese food and trying to figure out how to create a great acronym out of a piece of legislation. <laughs> so like one of like like one of the laws that we're going to talk about right after this one is the Protecting right, the Right to Organize Act or the PRO Act. And I can't tell you how much time legislative assistants spend in an office trying to shoehorn an acronym into the name of a legislation like, all right, how do we make this spell heart? <laughs> or or justice or something and it i mean just like the tax dollars wasted and all the people like time of spent by people who come up with this crap it's like, how many people know this yeah the laws of the land are, are, are just reverse engineered from an acronym oh yeah they get an acronym then they figure out the words to put in it then they figure out what the hell the law is going to be about you start with the acronym and you figure out the substantive text later absolutely um you know <laughs> It's the reason we, why we don't have paid family yeah. leave yet. We just couldn't find out the right acronym. I love the, the best part about your time in Washington in college of that was the fact that you were generally excited about being in Washington, D.C. and like just government guys. Yeah. All right. And all your fellow interns were like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I was I I'm, but I've always been that sort of like gung ho, like I'm ready to serve. Kind of, I mean. I do that on jury duty. Like I get, I mean, like Rena Segal, who's uh, who's uh, in the waiting room right now. And if she's listening to this, she's going to laugh when she hears this. But like before I was like sworn in as an attorney, I loved jury duty. Like I would get so amped up for it, which by the way, is also why I've never actually been selected for a jury because like a defense attorney takes one look at me being like, you know, Joe Patriot, like, oh, I'm so excited to serve my country as a, on a, as a juror. A defense attorney's like, oh, I'm going to challenge that guy. I don't need him on my jury. Like, oh, you know, see, taking yeah. notes and stuff. See, I, I got picked even though I, I was a lawyer and I was not happy. <laughs> you cost me a day of billables and I'm going to make it everybody's problem. Actually, it's a lot worse. My cat died that day. Um, no. Yeah, Misty. Uh, I got selected. She was 17. She, you know, it, it was, she had a, a good life and it was time, you know, didn't want her to be in any pain, but I couldn't take her to the vet because this complete total bleep decided to <laughs> drink and drive. So I wasn't really sympathetic to him. <laughs> He's currently serving 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and not and not like and not like regular prison like cartoon prison he's got like one of those giant like balls like attached to his ankle he's breaking rocks with a pickaxe yeah he, he's an azkaban right now yeah <laughs> the dementors have him under close observation <laughs> no happy thoughts for him uh I see Re Rena in the green room like the Azkaban joke. I wonder if she's a Harry Potter fan. We'll find out after the break. Um, all right. So I want to quickly mention this other piece of federal legislation that is being floated around, too, because it solves the other problem that we talked about, that if musicians were to organize and collectively bargain against a platform like Twitch or YouTube or any of these, uh, technically, you could they could the uh, platforms could retaliate against those creators because they're independent contractors, so they don't get the union protections of federal law. But there's a another bill that's being proposed called, as we said before, the PRO Act, the Protecting Right to Organize Act, which would expand the definition of an employee just for the just for like union law, like having nothing to do with like Fair Labor Standards Act or minimum wage or anything like that. Just as a matter of like federal union law, it would expand the scope of who in, of who employees would be and would likely also cover like creators in this kind of situation. So. You, you put those two laws together, if they can pass, like that could give independent, that could help solve one of the biggest problems that independent creators have in terms of actually, you know, moving their career forward and seeing real uh, leverage against these platforms, which, which is the ability to be a collective, to get strength in numbers, to say, hey, if you want my songs on your platform, you got to get these other 10,000 creators too. And we're only going to agree to a set of terms. And by the way, having that sort of collective strength means real dollars. You think about like a platform like Spotify, for or Spotify, for example. The major labels get a much better deal with Spotify than Joe Indie Creator does. Uh, Spotify, to get those major labels and their catalogs on Spotify, they gave those labels equity in the platform. They give them huge advances. So now imagine if a big enough group of artists could come to the table against Spotify and say, hey, we want the deal that you gave Universal or you gave Warner. We want equity. We want, you know, real ownership of this platform or we at least want a big fat advance that we can live off of until your tiny Spotify royalties come in. To me, that's that's yeah. exciting stuff. That, hopefully it happens. <laughs> yes, there's there's that. <laughs> well, thankfully, Congress isn't that busy right now. You know, they don't have a lot going on. It's it's pretty quiet in Congress at the moment. So I'm sure they'll get right around to these laws. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, excited to bring on our guests. We're going to uh, take a very, very quick break. And then we have Rena Segal of Segal Law PC coming up right here on Break the Business. Do not go anywhere. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, INA Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by LEK Entertainment. LEK Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including 
audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Let's get back indeed. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody, on Twitch, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, Sirius XM Channel 145, and probably like 300 other platforms that I can't think of. Wherever you're checking us out, we're happy to have you. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, Dave, how was that long break? I'm sure you you know, were able to do your taxes and you, you know, earn like a master's degree and things yep. like that. Christmas tree is now down. Uh, we've got Easter eggs uh, hidden around the house, and we're just rolling along. <laughs> You actually still have your Christmas tree up, but it's for Christmas 2022. You know, you're that no, 25, 25. Oh, 25. yeah. Very nice good. round number. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and bring on our guest this week. She is an L.A.-based entertainment lawyer and the principal attorney at Segal Law PC, a firm that provides transactional legal services for entertainment industry professionals. Our guest was selected to the Super Lawyers Rising Stars list for 2019, 2020, and 2021. And you can find out more about her work by visiting www.segallawpc.com. We're happy to welcome Rena Segal on to break the business, but I think we just lost her in the feed. So uh, before we bring her, we'll give her a second to get herself back set up here. In the meantime, Dave, I want to talk to you about uh -huh. a personal matter of great significance to you and uh, to me as well. Okay. Speaking of super important holidays, because we're right. talking about the very exciting holiday that you're preparing for two months early for reasons escaping my understanding that is Christmas. But uh -huh. before that even happens, to me, there's a far more wondrous occasion, a another uh, very important birthday <laughs> that's a birth that's being celebrated. Um, you have your future child's gender reveal party coming up this month, right? Yes. Yeah. In uh, like two weeks, right? I should probably know. Two weeks. Yes. It, <laughs> a, a virtual gender reveal. So we keep everyone, especially, you know, mom and baby, nice and safe. Um, also, so that way, you know, not that I ever was going to do anything explosive or with gunpowder or anything with fire flammable because too many stories of these gender reveals going wrong and a parent is dead before the baby comes. So I figured, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, so we're gonna have a nice virtual with friends and family. And, um, I excite, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think we've gone this long and I, we don't know <laughs> if our baby is a boy or girl. <laughs> I can honestly, I can honestly do, I can honestly say, I, I, I really have no preference. Seriously, that's uh, like it, it sounds look, so like corny and, and trite, but you know, as long as he or she is healthy, you know, comes out happy, you know, good delivery, and you know, my wife is uh, healthy and safe and everything. That that's all. That's all that matters to me. All right, look, I appreciate your diplomatic answer. Okay. And, you know, maybe your wife is like in the room right now, like perhaps with a, a firearm held to your head. And so you got to say the right thing. But look, all right. It's just you and me. OK, it's just you and me and the Internet. But just you and me. You can be honest. You you have a prefer. You have a preference here. No, come on. Come on. Well, come on. I mean, my wife's not crazy about passing along heavy metal in general to the kids, which is like, you know, a 
as Metal Dave, it is quite depressing. But, you know, it's easier to sell the heavy metal music to a boy. Mm, and because yeah. God knows I got plenty of uh, female friends that are into Metallica, but I don't see I don't see my wife really going for that at all. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we shall find out in two weeks. You will be there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, virtually, right? This is a virtually, yes, yes. No, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna drive up four hours well, for this. I actually have. I know it's virtual because uh, they actually I actually got a box in the mail. Okay. With uh, with oh, you got the, the box. The, the tools for this What's gender in the box? reveal party, and and um, so I have some questions. Okay. Okay, I will about do my this. best. And if, Although, if your wife is nearby, like maybe she can answer some of these. Okay. No, the, no, she, uh, she went away. But caveat: remember, because I am the the husband, the you know expectant father, I have no role. Yes, in this. and and don't worry, there is out. nothing in this box that will like reveal the gender. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil okay. anything. Oh gosh. But I do have <laughs> blue and pink gumballs. Okay. In in the box here, and so one of the questions I had, and I guess I would have it for your wife, but she left, is like. Can I eat the gumballs ahead of time? And is it no. okay if I've already eaten like 10 of the gumballs? I don't think so because I, I don't, th they weren't really gumballs. They were some sort of uh, <laughs> synthetic thing that, you know, causes paralysis or weird views on podcasts. I don't know. I, no, I, I legitimately, I, I seriously have no idea what the heck. Uh, my wife's best friend is planning. Oh, so None. this isn't this isn't I, a you or your wife production. This is involving nope. wife's best friend. Yep. And she's just kind of going rogue right now. She's just doing whatever the hell she wants to do, and just I'm I'm just going like yes, dear, yes, dear. It's kind of kind of a lot like the wedding. I was told to show up, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> here's what you're gonna wear. Here are your lines. That is all. <laughs> Um, I mean, I am, I'm hoping for the best. I've actually never been to a gender reveal party, either virtually or not. Um, I hope it's one of those where like you get to do some kind of cool athletic thing. Like, I don't think I would do, I don't think I'm going to do a gender reveal party. What? Like whenever I have a future kid, but like, I've always thought the ones that are cool where it's like an egg with either blue or pink smoke in it. And then like the thing is thrown and then the guy like hits the thing and then it's either blue or pink smoke like that seems like that'd be a fun thing to do just I nothing that starts like any fires okay can you can we promise that i've maybe, heard way maybe. too many terrible things happening from gender reveal parties well yeah the entire state of california burned down because of what i mean there is that yeah i i don't know am i an old curmudgeon i don't i, I gotta make sure she doesn't hear me <laughs> I don't actually get the point of gender reveals i really don't okay i don't whoa <laughs> Well, look. First of all, like kudos I mean, I get to it's you. It's like whatever. It's like a fun thing and everything. But like, I'm kind of like, oh my god, we're we're like 17 weeks along. We don't know for kid number two. I just let's know. Let's just do it. Let's do it so we know what we got to buy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm guessing that like generally with parents, the each gender reveal party, if they insist on it, like probably gets less and less uh, ostentatious. With each successive kid, because oh, like generally with I don't families, know. that's how it is. See, with everything I've now kids. I've now been pulled into uh, via my wife. You know the whole like pregnancy Instagram, and it's uh, it's 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 a whole subculture that I was unaware of, and it's just insane. People doing green screen stuff like on their bellies, 
um, <laughs> crazy things, you know, like there's still gender reveals when you're already like you're working on your sixth kid, which at that point I thought it's like, who the hell cares? It's, it's a, it's another mouth. It's another college fund. Let's just get it over with already. Six <laughs> is too much. That to me, that's, that's a like, lot of kids, but there, there's like a generational thing with that. That always surprises me in that, like, I'm one of four kids and the my both of my parents families when they were growing up they were like one of eight kids and when i think about like how hard it would be to just raise a kid like i don't know how my parents raised four i don't know how my grandparents raised eight and like are, are, is our generation just weaker or, well, let's be honest. or was it easier back then let's be honest your parents raised three and you were just kind of left to just figure it out yeah by, by the fourth you know, kid yeah you just yeah yeah <laughs> You're just that, like, and here's Ryan. That's what um, I was saying before about the gender reveals. Like, by the time the the fourth kid comes around, like, you're not making the same effort. Like, the first kid, oh, my God, he's walking. Oh, wow, get the camera. We need to document this and have ten photo albums. By the fourth kid, it's like, he's walking. Man, I'll remember it. It's like, good. Get yourself a job and start contributing. <laughs> exactly right. Start oh, busking. Gosh, well, I start busking. That... You're protected by cop by uh, by uh, union protection now. Oh, nice Due to the Ryan and Dave uh music protection act <laughs> ryan and dave's law yes um, of 2040 because that's although how long I, it I don't like the phrase ryan and dave's law like the ryan and dave act sounds better but like calling it ryan and dave's law sounds like we I, were the victims of some terrible yes. crime you're, you're right there is there is something about act versus law yeah it, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal with the three letters but you're, you're right somehow yeah <laughs> Like Ryan and Dave's this law is... is precipitated by a bunch of like people on the floor of Congress being like, we need to make sure that what happened to Ryan and Dave never happens again. No more bizarre wheat thrasher malfunctions. <laughs> this is the most legal heavy show you and I have ever been a part of together. And I have a feeling it's going to be like the worst received. Oh. There's no craziness. There's no games. There's nothing no, on, on my part. There you you go, know, sound it's just it's just we actually had a textual a textual analysis of a law, the discussion of <laughs> federal labor regulations in regards to uh, independent contractors. I mean, this show stinks right now. No, <laughs> I it's not fun. It's not it's not the wackiness. This show is in a lot of ways like kind of culminates like where I think indie creators are headed because as i've talked about on the on the show before like when we started this five years ago god i can't believe it's been five years when we started this program five years ago dave it was the whole framework was we want artists to go independent and to run away from the record label model and five years ago that was crazy and unheard of and today it's like the mainstream like artists have gotten the message they're not doing record deals as much they're trying to find other paths to independent success using these tech-based platforms but what wound up happening is here we are five years later and a lot of times these tech-based platforms are now creating problems they're kind of like the new record labels and they often mistreat and exploit yeah. these creators or as you said and so what, I mean, we need to look for is, legislation that addresses yeah. that and you said i think what you say spotify actually has ownership by the labels right yeah partially owned by the labels partially yes. ownership. so you know they have equity so they're like you know, like you wave goodbye to them in one door, you open the Spotify door. It's like, ha you can't get away from us. <laughs> Got you. It's like, uh, come here. It's like those. Say hello to the A and R guy. You can't leave us. 
it, it's like those old uh, Scooby-Doo cartoons where you always have that one scene where it's a hallway with like 12 doors and like the whole Scooby gang is like running from one door to another to get away from the ghosts. And then like, they're like, oh good, we're safe. And then they open a door and the ghosts are there. Yeah, or they're somehow behind them in that. And yeah. then it's like, you're feeling like the face and everything. And then, <laughs> that was like the one sound effect they had for that. By the way, Scooby-Doo talk again, great topical stuff for these Gen Zers. <laughs> I feel like Scooby-Doo's making a comeback. Maybe. What? I don't know. What? Like there's been like the Scooby-Doo that we grew up with, you know, with like Casey Kasem as Shaggy. And that's Phil's, not the Scooby-Doo. And, and the Harlem Globetrotters. And the Phyllis with... Diller and the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> exactly. Like there's been new incarnations of Scooby-Doo since then. There's been Scooby-Doo movies. Which I think, by the way, like that's kind of a dated reference now, because like well, yeah, because that has Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah so that's, that's that's already you know, like again, Doctor Gen Z, she's all that. She's all late, you know, or whatever the hell. It's not even. <laughs> is it two thousand and late? Is already two thousand and late. Two thousand and late is quite late now. Uh, well, this is what we have to talk about because I don't know where Rena Segal is. She had a technical issue, like. Just to let our viewers and listeners peek behind the curtain here, she was in the green room. We saw her. She was laughing at Metal Dave's jokes because, of course, like, who wouldn't laugh at Metal Dave's jokes? And then right when I was saying Rena Segal's on Break the Business, she disappears from the green room. She well, must have had a technical issue. Well, hold on a second. This brings up a good question. Did you, like, leave good, you know, craft services in the green room? Oh, damn. I you know, mean, did she you did have, have a nice very lengthy sandwiches? You know, only brown M and M's. You know, but you know, like I, I just figured out oh, those those riders are just, you know, that's that's just bluff and bluster. But apparently, like that was enough to get her to to walk. I, man. I do want to say just just in case, just because you know, when you want to uh, promoting Rena Segal, it is when you go to her website, it is s e h g a l l a w p c dot com. Segallawpc dot com. Remember Segal s e h g a l. Well, I mean, we do joke, but I would very much like to chat with her because I'm a big fan of what she's doing. I think her advocacy for indie creators is awesome. And so if we don't get her on this week, if we if, if we can't figure out her technical issue uh, by now, uh, by, by the time our show wraps up, we're going to get her on in another week. Of course, Dave, this is the week. This is the week where Lauren, our producer, isn't here this week. Yeah. And I, and I could have been you. like on the phone with her to sort this out. Yeah. This is the one week she's not here. And I, and I, and I even texted you. I said, Hey, you, you realize it's, this is different now. It's not like a few years ago where I've got my pregnant wife and work. So I can't like devote all the time I used to, to come yeah. up with like, all right, we're going to do this. We got this, we got this, we got this. Like, no, I came here with nothing. We were talking before and I noticed a news item across the desk. Um, Gal Gadot has been cast to play the uh, evil queen in the upcoming uh, Disney live-action remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh. Which I found was interesting because I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't do that. And then I thought, oh, wait, they did. Then I realized, oh, wait, that's the Huntsman. No, oh, yes. Just, that was just well, something else. But like, So I never saw Snow White and the Huntsman. That isn't just the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? I think Should I not is. be asking that's... you because you didn't see it either? Of course I didn't see it. Well, I, don't I wasn't going to go see the Huntsman. That's that's the Chris Hemsworth vehicle, isn't it? Let's see. The Huntsman. Of course, I'm, I'm now shaking my damn camera because I'm typing on the laptop because I forgot my other camera. We've now moved on camera. to our third segment of the show. Dave reads IMDb because we lost our guest. 
Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, Kristen Stewart, Charlize Theron, Chris Hemsworth. You know, kind of a stacked yeah. cast. Eh, I mean, what, what it can run to? I don't. What are we doing? This is <laughs> this is the worst vamping we have ever done. Seriously, like we. <laughs> We got nothing. I, We're I feel a little like our out friendship... of practice, man. We used to do like the pop culture stuff, like all day. Um, yeah, but I'll and, tell and you, and this... like Elisa is no help. She's not now commenting anything. She just, you know, had to like say it's not Christmas until like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now she's just silent. It was a... nothing. It was a good contribution that she had. Okay, when, fine. When how, how, about this? how about this? Have you seen yeah. Dune yet? No, I haven't seen Dune. Okay, I, I watched it on HBO Max. Highly recommend it. Really good sci-fi. I am terrible. I feel horrible. I am behind. I have not seen the new James Bond film. I have not seen Sang Chi and the Ten Rings. Although that comes out on Disney Plus streaming next week, I think. So that'll be good. Well, does it Eternals come out on Disney Plus streaming, or does it come out on Disney Plus streaming plus nah, you have to pay streaming. another thirty dollars? It's not premium. It's not, it's not the thirty dollar premium. It's it's streaming. It's just regular streaming. Because like, because Mulan plus, set me back a bundle, and I regretted it. <laughs> Yeah, we spent, I think we spent like 90, uh, Mulan, um, what was the other one? Oh my god, I'm already like, um, oh, Cruella, we yeah. did Jungle Cruise, we did, Jungle Cruise was delightful. I've heard good things. It was actually really well, good. I you mean, think like, it's the Jungle Cruise, what's it going to be? And it was actually really fun. It was a it was a romping good time. The Rock is charming as ever. Yeah. Emily Blunt was great. Jack Whitehall was also great. And people, a lot of people maybe don't know him, but if you watch BBC America a lot, you know who Jack Whitehall is from appearances like on Graham Norton and, and other, you know, BBC properties. But yeah. it was it, it was a rollicking good time. Two thumbs up. No, well, like you can't go wrong in a movie where like rock plus comedy plus interesting locale, like that's always going to be a winner. Like. You know, like you, like you know, the the Jumanji movies or Journey to the Center of the Earth too. Mm-hmm. Like anything where it's like basically anything where you can get the Rock in one of those safari shirts that he barely fits into because he's so damn muscular. That is box office gold it, every time. It was great. And then the tag at the end where Vin Diesel and Tyrese came on, and you realize the Jungle Cruise is part of the Fast and Furious uh, universe. What? Absolutely fantastic. Yes. You, ma- you made mean, that up. You made that up. Stop. No, dude. No, D- Disney. You know they're they're merging jungle cruise with fast and furious with the mcu i mean i can't even tell if you're joking and that come on come on it's true you know vin looks right down the camera and goes it's time to join the disney family (laughs) and he takes a sip of corona (laughs) it's I, I feel like I feel like uh, it's. I'm seeing where we are time wise. I feel like Rena Siegel is probably gonna have to wait till next week. I know, such a bummer. I because I, I was I so excited to talk to her. I love the L.A. based entertainment lawyers. I I because they they hear from me every week as an entertainment lawyer, but to get like somebody else's perspective, like somebody who's on the ground with artists, it's it's always kind of a new thought, and they always have great insight as to like when an artist should get a lawyer. Cause that's the question I probably get the most often from artists that are like, you know, how early do I get the lawyer? Cause like lawyers, apparently you have to pay them. And if I don't have money to pay them, like, what do I do? How early do they need to get involved in the transaction? And th- those are the kind of questions that I like to ask entertainment lawyers. Cause depending on their experience, depending on the context of the relationships they have with clients, they all answer that question differently and in interesting ways. And so we're going to get her on, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. 
uh, because you know getting this insight for our listeners is so so important. We got about ten minutes left though, and we're gonna get there. I oh, promise. God, Scouts, are, I know. Well, you had mentioned Gal Gadot earlier, Dave. Uh huh. And um, I. If you would have told me a year ago that this Gal, Gal Gadot movie was coming out, you know, Snow White, I would have been all over it because, you know, I loved Wonder Woman, one of my favorite superhero movies. Uh-huh. I thought she was magnificent. I thought the movie was great. And then the second Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman 84, came out and completely changed my mind on the franchise and on Gal Gadot. And now I like cease to be excited about her being in another movie. Well, I don't blame her What happened her with for Wonder that. Woman 84? I don't blame her for that. It's just, it was, it's very, I mean, when did, it, it came out already a year ago, right? It was Christmas 2020, right? Yeah, I think that's when it dropped on streaming. So I think we can talk yeah. about it confidently and say, spoiler alert, to Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. You can't have an ending of a movie in which your main character appeases to the world's population to make an unselfish choice (laughs) and give up their wish, their one desire, the most burning desire in the world for the greater good when you are in the middle of a pandemic. And that sort of neighborly brotherhood love and all working towards the common goal didn't really happen. Yeah. What about like everything that has been happening in the world at that time would make you think that that ending was even remotely plausible? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was also just a kind of a, a dumpster fire of other things in terms of really what was Pedro Pascal doing? You know, it was just it, 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 top oh. to bottom. You no, know, the, the uh, Chris Pine. You know, that dude that he just possesses. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, he's just, he's gone now. He's gone. Yeah. Like, another life has just been extinguished. snuffed out or <laughs> is in some sort of hellish purgatory phantom zone, yeah. you know, a la Zod, and is just, you know, it, being psychologically tortured for what feels like an eternity. His loved ones can't reach him. They're going through hell. It's an absolute nightmare. Also, Chris Pine can have a fanny pack. You mentioned Pedro Pascal in that movie. Like, that was another reason why I wanted that movie to be good. I wanted it to be good for him. I'm like, oh, my God, Pedro Pascal has the opportunity to be in, like, a big vehicle that doesn't involve him having to wear a bucket on his head the whole time. We actually get to see what he looks like. And then it's that movie, which turned out to be such a turkey. And, uh, like, here is what really bothered me about Wonder Woman 84. Like, this is, as you mentioned, was it December 2020? We're in the throes of the pandemic at this point. And so when this movie comes out, like, this is the first legit cinematic blockbuster, kind of, like, big-budget blockbuster movie yeah. that any of us have seen in a year. Yeah. And I was so excited to be like, oh, my God, like, a real big-budget movie, like a, like a summer-style big-budget movie. And I was like so desperate for it. I was so excited for it. I cleared my schedule to watch this thing on HBO Max. And I wanted, not wanted, I needed it so bad to be good. <laughs> and and then it was what it was. Oh. I watched it with my wife and because I, I showed her Wonder Woman and she absolutely loved Wonder Woman. It's but a great this, movie. <laughs> this one was just, it, it was not good. And, and it's interesting, yeah, because you're right. Because before that, I think the, the movie that was supposed to be like the big thing was Tenet. Which I actually watched maybe a few months ago for the first time. I'm not sure if you ever watched Tenet. I heard it was and... really confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 
Chris Nolan, man, I am with you on so much. I think I've seen everything he's do- he does, and I will continue to see everything he does. But I, I'm like, oof, buddy, you real. This is you tried. I, I, I applaud you for trying for something. It's it was a it was a swing. It just didn't connect for me. Yeah. Generally, I always give, and I feel like I'm more forgiving than most in this regard. I always give filmmakers credit for taking big swings even if it's just a complete and total miss. I think my favorite example for it in all of movie history is a movie that came out about, God, it's probably been about 10 years at this point. God, time flies. You remember the movie Cloud Atlas when it came out? Yes. Tom Hanks and uh, Halle Halle Berry, Berry. Hugo Weaving. Um, So uh, Cloud Atlas, for those of you, God, he was in that too, yeah. Everybody was in this movie. And like it was based on this idea, it was based on a novel that was about like interconnected souls, like living in different times uh, in the world. And so like, and so they had the same actors playing like the different souls in each time period. So you'd have like Hugo Weaving playing a woman in one time period because he has to play like the person, the same souls. And when the person who wrote the book said, this mo- this would be unfilmable as a movie. He's like, it cannot be made into a movie. It is so impossible to like translate from pages to screen and some like studio probably like you know right after snorting a line goes i can do it and they were wrong but it was super ambitious and like the actors they tried their best like tom hanks and halle berry like the some of the best actors in the world that we have hugo weaving they gave it their best freaking shot and it was like a beautifully filmed movie great cinematography and you know they took a big swing and it was one of those swings where like you spin around three times and then fall in the batter's box kind of swing but they tried i gave him credit for that if you've ever thought to yourself i love tom hanks but I just need to see him as a Cockney British gangster villain. <laughs> you know, if I don't see that, my life's not complete. Well, we got the film for you, Cloud Atlas. I mean, and if you're thinking to yourself, well, that seems really hard for him to do and pull off, you'd be right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, he he's, might... he's America's dad. He's a national treasure. Yeah. Love him to death. But uh, there are some things. Not everyone can do everything. Yeah. There are limits. <laughs> and, and we found those limits in a little yeah. in a little film called Cloud Atlas. Oh my but god. We, we end, we're shot. ending this on an analysis of Cloud Atlas. See, that's how oof, buddy, we gotta get better at this. <laughs> we gotta get the contingency plans better. Either that pull like an emergency cord and a show from 2016 plays. Well, all right, I'm 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 gonna let everybody see like get get a window into my planning process here. Okay, I actually have notes that like I do for each show that you know talks about the things I want to talk about, and it has an outline. And in my notes, I always have a column for emergency story. It's a column on my thing, and every week I have like a story that if something goes wrong, if the guest has a technical issue three seconds before I'm supposed to introduce them. Here's the story that you talk about. And every week, there's a story. And then I look to my emergency story, and this is the one week where it is blank. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might as well have just, like, written a note, Dear Future Self, sorry. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and uh, I realize I, pr- I probably could have um, shared a story that technically, actually, right now, it's 10 o'clock Eastern time. 
I actually should have been down in Hollywood, Florida right now at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino watching Metallica. Oh, this is when that Metallica concert was going to happen. <laughs> yep. And I bought the tickets um, in a different time before uh, <laughs> my wife was pregnant. And <laughs> she was out of town for a few months and just came back. So I thought, well, I know I can sell this for a lot of money. And we've got a baby on the way. And it would be really horrible of me to then go, bye, honey. You're back. But I got to go down real quick, take a trip <laughs> to go see Metallica. You know, so I, I did the most grown-up adult Thing. Super mature. Yes, I actually sold a show in my home state, and, and just so I could be here with you and talk <laughs> about Cloud Atlas. I I think that's I think that's an equal trade. And, like, and I, I'm sure if you were watching right now, watching Metallica shred, you know your favorite song like Lars Ulrich pounding those drums, hearing all your favorite Metallica hits, and you're like in the front row moshing. I am sure you would have said to yourself. This is fun, but I'd rather be chatting with Ryan about a ten-year-old terrible Tom Hanks movie. But now you don't you have to. So now well. you don't have to do that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and let me just say this about your future kid. I know you had suggested that, like, if your if the gender reveal party comes out boy instead of girl, like that might affect the extent to which you you might be able to impart your love of metal onto that child. I hope that. Uh, you know, whatever gender your child becomes, that you still install that love of metal in them because of the many things about your personality, Dave, that make you fun to hang out with and fun to talk to, like your love of metal is one of those things. It's one of those things that makes you awesome and wonderful. And you should absolutely like spread some of that awesome and wonderful to your kid. I, I want to try to be quiet so my wife upstairs doesn't hear me. I'm going to try my best. And especially like when I'm driving the kids. You know, for sure, I'm going to play that. Absolutely. You know, not crank all the way. You know, they're, they're children. They got, you know, sensitive ears. But 100%, dude, I'm going to try to infiltrate yeah! their minds and warp them into what I want them to be. So that way it's, you know, like two, three against one against mommy. So, you know, that way she can't, <laughs> she can't say anything. So they're just going to be like, mom, 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 let daddy play the music. Let's put, put on Sirius XM liquid metal. Yeah, no, I have to yeah! do that. I got to do that. Also, I feel like I don't understand why, you know, maybe you're going to try to end the show now, but I feel like someone has been on stage to you doing this, and I'm like, I don't know why. We don't need to stretch. <laughs> Definitely not. We need to compress. Uh, we we are we are all set here. Uh, our thanks to uh, Sirius XM. Our thanks to all of you for listening. My thanks to You Metal Day for hanging out this week. As much as, like, look, as much as you joke about, like, us having to vamp, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I think... I see lots of likes and lots of like happy faces in the comments. So I think they've, I think the audience has enjoyed this, this, this discussion. Oh, that's just me. That's just me. I've just been I clicking have. on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I appreciate that then. Yeah. And um, we, we do thank uh, Renus uh, Segal for uh, attempting to get in there. Hopefully we'll get those uh, yeah. uh, tech issues resolved yes. at a later point. But again, go to SegalLawPC.com for uh, learning more information about her. That's a nice plug, Dave. All right. Of course. Thank you all for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week.